3: Now, you can hear a fan and the traffic in the background because I've got the window open I've got a fan on because it's 31 degrees. But listen, I'm back and that should just be enough. And if you think I'm turning the fan off so it sounds nice for you, then you've got a fucking inflated sense of self. All right? You can just deal with the fact that there's some background noise. Okay? Roll the theme tune, please, Debbie.
4: After the Tone After the Tone Leave
3: your message After the Tone Oh hi, so great to be back, etc. Many thanks. Uh, Welcome back to After the Tone, a weekly helpline slash gossip corner in which, um, well, let's say it as it is, I'm forced to speak to members of the general public. It's not a choice. Uh, my name is Scotty, and together with my colleagues, Debbie, Tim and Maya, we all make this lovely little haven for you. But don't worry about us. Uh, we're fine. Uh, Churning it out week by week. Anyway, as you can hear, I'm still quite sick. It did get a bit better, but um, now it's coming out of me. Uh, in more ways than one, it seems. Look at that. But I'm here, so one your in? I needed last week off because, well, I mean, I could barely breathe. Yeah, I forgot that there were things like cold and flu and shit like that still going around. Crazy, isn't it? I just thought that Covid had just become of what all sickness was, but (laughs) little did I know. Anyway, news update. Um, Thank you all so much for not voting for us in the British Podcast Awards because we won nothing. So that's lovely on top of everything. Fuck it. Actually, do you know what? I'm just going to pretend we won. Fucking, what are they going to do? Sue me. Fucking come and sue me. I've got nothing. Uh, so thank you very much. Oh, what can I? Um, let's have this. Uh, thank you very much for this very lightweight paper cup-like award, British Podcast Awards. Wow. I love it so much. Anyway, as ever, if you hear something on the show, because that's what this is... <laughs> And you'd like to immediately respond. If you're like, I cannot wait until the show is over to send a voice note in. I must say something on the internet now, if you're that way inclined. Remember, hashtag After The Dome POD. Love to hear from you. And at the end of the show, if you'd like to join in on any of the nattering that's going on, uh, we'll read out a number that you can do something with. And I mean, you know, by now, if you ain't fucking got it, then there's no fucking hope, is there? You should probably be listening to a different fucking podcast. Right, let's go on with it, because contrary to popular belief, I do have a life outside of this podcast. I know, wild to think, but I do. So, Debbie, let's see who this week is wanting some form of interaction with me. (laughs)
5: Hi Scotty, hi Producer Deb, hi to the newbies, hi everyone in the room, how you all doing? It's Fran here, I'm just having a bath and I thought I know what I need to do, I need to send a voice note to the pod because this seems to be the place I do it now. I saw a call out on Instagram for PE and sports stories and all that stuff, I was a big fatty at school and really struggled with PE like it was there ever 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 in the entire universe a fat kid that actually enjoyed PE that didn't find the whole thing from the changing just all of it was fucking horrific oh still traumatized from it now gymnastics was possibly the worst thing for me I even remember my mum writing a letter saying that I'm not ergonomically designed to do a forward roll um much to the like amusement of like my best friends they were like we didn't even know what this word meant as a kid but anyway yeah just so you all know guys everyone on the pod um I'm not ergonomically designed to do a forward roll and if you try and make me then I'll cry. Anyway, I'm going to go and enjoy my bath now. I need to get on this sage thing. I really like the Epsom salts and lavender. Does that make me a bit of a nana? I don't know. Anyway, I'm rambling. I hope everyone's doing alright right and hasn't completely lost the plot with all this football crap. I don't know about anyone else, but I just don't give a fuck. I can't wait for it to be over. Anyway, I'm done moaning now. Bye.
3: Oh, hi, lovely Fran here. It's lovely to hear from you, as per usual, and in the bath, as per usual. Well done. Now, I have a complaint with everybody. This isn't just at you, Fran. This is at everybody. We can't just keep on saying, hello, Scotty, Deb, and the newbies. They've been here for a month. They've got names. They're called Tim and Maya. Okay. so we'll start using people's names around here, please. Thank you very much. I don't want to start putting stickers on everybody with everybody's names on. I almost did that when we all started pronouning everybody, didn't we? Anyway, back to you, Fran. I sort of disagree, actually. I think fat people are very ergonomic. I think fat people live their lives being as ergonomic as possible. Shut up, I'm trying to fucking record a podcast with the window open. Don't need you fucking beeping everywhere, do I? Sorry. I think fat people are quite ergonomic because we often have to navigate the world uh, which doesn't fit our bodies. And uh, I think there's a choreography to fatness that often goes unseen. Now, as a fat person who likes to sit on her head, because, you know, I can do all of that with the yoga. If you follow me on the Instagrams, you'll see me showing off all the time. (coughs) I think fat people doing inversions and all of that stuff looks great. And, yeah, it takes a lot of while. It takes a lot of effort. And also, I'm an able-bodied person, so there's that. But I think it's the cultures of health in inverted commas, fitness, in inverted commas, P.E. in sport, which is the thing that stops us feeling like we're able to take part or to be good at or to be ergonomically designed for it, when actually I think we are, as with most things in life, I think that people are superior. So I think it's just because normal people are frightened that we'd win all of the gold awards in that Olympics thing that they do. So... There you go. Those are my thoughts.
2: Hello, Scotty. I'm producer Deb and everyone at the After The Tone crew. This is Brett in Sunny South Wales here. This is part confession, part minor tragedy. So when I was a kid, I was mercilessly bullied by a neighbour two doors down. He was much bigger, much older than me, bit of a dickhead. So um, I was very young, maybe about five or six and I was trying to think of a, the best way that I could get back at him. Sat under the stairs, plotting, and I decided the only conceivable way of getting my own back was to shit on his doorstep. So it was the middle of summer. I grew up in an ex-mining village, so rows of terrace houses. Everybody on the front gossiping and stuff. And I just went to the front his front door, took my dungarees off, totty down, and shit on his doorstep. My poor mom had to clean her up. And the only bowl we had was the bowl that she used to uh, shampoo the carpet with. Poor bitch. And my parents were like, why did you do this? And I said to them, because he's a prick. And my parents had absolutely no idea how to respond to that. This little, like, six-year-old or so, just shitting on somebody's doorstep to get back at them. I feel like they were proud, but also ashamed, which is the theme that goes through my life for them, I suppose. So, yeah, if you don't like somebody, shit on their doorstep. Don't. Yeah, yeah, definitely. we shit on their doorstep. Thanks for everything with this. I love the podcast. You're all great. Lots of love.
3: Oh, look at that. No, I'm going to say that's a first-time caller because someone with such beautiful tones, I would remember calling up. So I think you said your name was Brett in sunny South Wales. So it's nice to have a South Walian in the room. Borada, Nostar, you know, to give people, you know, a cultural welcome, you know me, multilinguals. Two Doors Down, I love that. I love that you can always play somebody by how many doors away that they are from you. <laughs> can I just say, shitting on the doorstep at such a young age, I mean, it's so performance art, isn't it? Well done. They're also in dungarees. I mean, technically, you could get some funding for that, actually. Probably not in Wales, because Arts Council Wales aren't given very much money from central government, so you might not. But if you did that work in England, oh, you'd be rolling in it. <laughs> There was something you alluded to there, though, Brett, which I thought, oh, there's some money in there. And when I say money, I mean as in, like, there's something that perked my interest, which is where you said, you know, the running theme of my parents' life is pride and shame. And um, as somebody who's tattooed with the word shame and soon to be tattooed with the word guilt, I was interested on what that narrative was, if you fancied sharing it. So it's lovely to have a Whalian voice in the room. But do feel free to come back because I'm so. Do you know what? If at six you were shitting on people's doorsteps, I'm wondering what, what you're doing at your age now. <laughs> anyway, great. Welcome to the gang.
6: Hello, everyone at the podcast. It's me that rang about the slugs, but don't worry, I'm not going to talk about slugs again this time. Although it actually made me really, really happy that the caller with the lovely voice responded to my very, very weird message about all the slugs in my kitchen and I'm so sorry that you had such a harrowing slug experience even as I stand in solidarity with you. I actually wanted to very quickly talk about smells because you had that other lovely caller who rang and asked about favourite smells and I was just thinking about how smells are so linked to your memory because there was something that happened to me recently. My family is Eastern European. My parents moved over to the UK. And when I was little, they didn't come over with a lot. And, you know, childcare in the UK is a bit of a a nightmare. I was actually spent a lot of time with my great grandmother, who was this like amazing, like five foot two lady with bright brown hair well into her nineties because she was always dying it. And uh, she was full of so much life and she was so powerful, told amazing stories. She didn't speak a word of English, but she got by perfectly in the UK. Everyone loved her. And uh, she very sadly passed away very suddenly a few years ago at the age of 94. And she was just such a constant force throughout my life and throughout my childhood. And it sounds cheesy, but I do look back and think, you know, maybe I am who I am because she was so present. And um, the other bit of the backstory is that I'm I'm currently a student and, well, no one's had a good time in COVID, but being a student, you've been quite lonely and isolated and it all feels it's a very weird time to be in that sort, in, in education, I think. And I was completing an exam in my bedroom and it suddenly really hit me how weird everything was and how, like, difficult the year has been. And then the room sort of filled with the smell of my great grandmother. And... I, it was like she was there with me and I honestly I just started sobbing fortunately the ink was water sol- was not water-soluble that I was writing because that would have been quite bad but it was one of it was a very weird feeling because it really was like she was there with me but the kicker is that then I rang my mum and I asked like what was it that my like, great your grandmother always used to smell of and she said oh she really loved super drug hand cream you know the one that's got urea in so there was me like about to believe in ghosts, but it's probably just super drug hand cream. I somehow had never smelled it, not around her. The weird thing is that that has also happened another time. And my mum said, no, that's just the smell of peroxide because she was always dyeing her hair. Anyway, point of all this is it is so funny, the different smells that we can associate with someone and how when we smell it, we can just get taken right back. Anyway, much love to you all, and I hope you're having a lovely day.
3: Oh, hello, lovely person. Now, I think we've got your nickname now, because you know everyone on here has a nickname, because, I mean, what else am I going by? So, Slugs, nice to meet you. There you go. Oh, no. Listen, smells and memory, that is not a weird thing. I tell you what, there are certain smells that I can smell that bring me back to places that I want to be and don't want to be. One smell that I find very evocative is a perfume. A perfume. Look at me, as if... It definitely isn't. Polo sport. Oh, if I spray that, I just feel like I'm 15 and I'm awkward and I'm on holiday in Gran Canaria. Or the smell, you know, like water bottles, you know, like, because we're all modern nowadays and we, like, bring a metallic water bottle and we go, excuse me, can I fill up my water bottle? The smell of that water, because it smells slightly different to water out of the tap, because it's been there a while in your bottle, whatever, that sort of metallic water smell just reminds me of holy water, and so with that a whole bunch of things come rushing back, some of them good and not so yeah, I totally believe the smell being evocative, and it would be a lovely thing to open up to the room what smells remind people of what? Oh, well, I remember one of my early boyfriends used to wear dupe, and I smell it now, and well, it can send me either way <laughs> So, I don't think it is cheesy to say that this person, your nana, had, like, such a huge effect on your life. Because I think we're made by elders. We're shaped by those who I think are older than us because they want us to know what they've had to learn, I think. You know, they want us to have the information that they didn't. Um, examine your bedroom. Isn't that mad? Thinking about that. But also, then the smells coming into your bedroom. Well, I tell you what, I've got a beautiful visual of you, nan because peroxide, bleached hair, moisturised hands, very well-kept person. So I think we've all now got an image of you, nan. So thanks for that. And listen, let us know how the exams went.
7: Hi, Scotty and the ATT crew. We're sorry to hear about your laptop and your ceiling. What a terrible day. Um It's Holly from North Carolina. My air conditioning broke last night and my house got up to 82 Fahrenheit, which for a Canadian like me is far too hot. But anyways, that's not what I'm calling about. Um, Just commiserating with you. I'm calling because I've spent the day trying to take one single usable professional headshot of myself. I got all dolled up in my very hot house, set up my tripod, just tried to kind of channel Confidence. I am a plus size woman, uh, one of the fats. And it's always kind of a struggle for me to look at pictures of myself. I try to pretend like not difficult, uh, but it is. And I think the only way to get through that is just to do it and do it over and over and over again. Anyway, I know that you take some lovely photos of yourself. And I'm sure that some of the other listeners do too. So I was just wondering if anyone had any tips for how to feel confident as a patty taking pictures of yourself. Thanks so much. I love you guys so, so much. Talk later. Bye. Calling back again. I just listened to my voice message. And I just wanted to say two things. One, uh, terribly sorry about the road noise. I'm out walking my dog as usual. And two, I hate that I use the word confidence so much. I hate that fat people are often referred to as confident just for like existing in their body. So sorry for the terrible word choice, but the question still stands. Okay, bye.
3: Holly in North Carolina. Well, as per usual, it's always lovely to hear your voice. And a a message from so far as well. I love that. Um, 82 Fahrenheit. I mean... That old money Fahrenheit means nothing to me, but I know that's warm. So there you go. Solidarity as well of being a fatty in this weather. That I mean, we're currently having a heat wave here in the UK and it's just deeply uncomfortable, particularly in a fat body. Um, and I think a lot of like non-fat people struggle to understand Like, why in a fat body it's difficult in the heat? Okay, so yes, we do get chub rub. Yes, our bodies sweat more than, or what is considered more than, others. But actually, I think a lot of fat fear comes into play in this weather as well. Because when you're a fat person, and like if you've got sweat patches, or if you look like you're sweating, like you're doing this thing to the world where you're trying to not be hyper-visible because you don't want to be hyper-visible as a fat person a lot of the times because with hyper-visibility comes often a lot of, like, street harassment and stuff. And so I know what it is to exist in this fat body in this weather. And I, I do genuinely believe a lot of the fat experience in the heat is, like, a lot of fat fear, a lot of, like, what goes on in our head about how our bodies will look, if we'll look Um, like we're too hot, et cetera. So um, it's a really difficult time to be a fat person. And a difficult time to try and, you know, create professional headshots and be with your body and kind of scrutinise your body in a sort of artistic way through photography. I'm often asked this question about, like, how to feel comfortable with being photographed in your body. And, you know, I grew up with a mum who would never let me take a photograph of her or be in photographs or, like, had a very low self-esteem. So... I had to unlearn some of those behaviours as well. And I think one way which I find really useful, <laughs> and this is completely going in the other direction, so like, is to take nudes. Instead of trying to dress your body up, I'm not saying present these nudes as the headshots. <sighs> I am trying to give fat advice here. It's a fat police, they're coming for us. <laughs> what I mean by that is having a relationship with our naked body and trying to find images in which we like our naked body through photographs, I think can really help us get to, and it doesn't have to be naked body. It could be like the suggestive naked. So it could be in lingerie or underwear, or it could be like with a towel, you know, just like, becoming comfortable with the flesh being photographed, and then choosing garments. I'm a real big fan of, like, don't choose what you think looks, quote-unquote, flattering, quote-unquote, like you say, gives confidence, quote-unquote, is brave. You know, choose a garment that you think I love wearing this because that will just echo into the picture and it will just make you feel more comfortable as well so those would be my thoughts and comments if anybody has got any other suggestions do throw them in but I totally hear you about that confident thing, it's a really difficult headspace to always try and balance up isn't it, that thing about like where you want to acknowledge bravery in somebody, particularly fat bodies fat marginalised bodies, for, you know, like, the stuff that, like, we go through by just existing. But also, like, it's not brave. It's neither one nor the other. But I understand what you mean by confidence. It's a different sort of confidence I think you're talking about rather than when a thin person says, oh, my God, you're so confident. Behind that is a different intention. In your question about wanting to feel confident is a different meaning. Holly, always lovely to hear from you. Let us know how you get on.
0: Hi Scotty, hi producer Deb, hi everybody at the pub, it's Providenza reporting from Los Angeles, otherwise known as the fun and loud American cousin visiting you all at the pub today. I'm sorry I haven't been by. I have been having a depressive episode, but we're emerging, so it's all good, all good, we're feeling like a human again, we love it. To be honest, I... I'm not calling about anything important, but I just thought it'd be fun to talk about this because maybe at one point at one time you were asking people about like transformations or glow ups or something. I don't know. I don't know. So anyhow, in May, when in Los Angeles, we were starting to be out in the world a little bit. I did a fun thing and I colored my hair. I've never colored my hair before. Um, and I did something kooky. I did like a split dye of like half blonde and half my natural color. And, um, it was really cute. I kind of got a new kind of style cut, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I've just been letting it grow out, you know, and I've been kind of going back and forth about whether I want to color it again or whatever. And then as I was thinking about that, my agents called and said that they wanted new pics of me. And I was like, okay, um, well, now I kind of have to make a decision. And I was just like, Ugh, I feel like it's too much upkeep to do the color. Let me just like cut my hair and cut the bleach out of my hair. So it's just like my natural colored hair, right? And so I got this, like I said, in May. So I've just been letting it grow out and it's been, I probably have like maybe like a little bit over an inch of like growth. And so if I were to cut it, I'd be getting like practically a crew cut, which I've never had my hair that short before. And like, I'm going to look so butch and like, I'm excited, but I'm like nervous too, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, I'm excited about to see what I like look like and kind of feel like I'm falling into this like very like fat gender queer like dyke lineage which is like really cute to me but also just like nervous about moving through the world that way like I feel like it's gonna change how people interact with me you know yeah that's all uh love y'all happy to happy to be chatting again brother Danza! All the
3: way from LA. Yes, I'm loving how international we are today. LA, North Carolina, and South Wales. Mm, excitement! Listen, proper to We now follow each other as a result of this podcast on Instagram. And I tell you what, whenever you appear on the little scrolly scroll, I just think this is one of my favorite GQ butch dyke show off human beings of all time. And you're always looking fly. So just putting that out there for you, hun. Okay, always looking fly. Such a such a babe. Big fan. Now, I am going to tell you something which I think you would be expecting me to tell you, which is cut it off! Cut it off, fuck it, do it, why not? Come on! Like, that excitement that's in you to do that thing is what you're allowed to do as an adult. You are allowed to fulfil that pleasure. And yes, it can feel dangerous, but it can be more dangerous not to be your authentic self, or not to feel like you can be your authentic self. So I'm going to tell you, cut it off, do it, do it, because why not? If we've learned anything over the last 16 months is that life can be short. You know, there can be a fucking infection that wipes out a lot of fucking people. And actually, whilst we're here, let's enjoy it. And it's just a bit of hair, babe. It's going to grow back. So I'm really looking forward to, on the scrolly-scrolly, seeing what decisions you make. And you know what? Also, it's your hair. If you don't cut it, you're still going to look good. So, Providanza, you do you, hun. And still to come, we've got fat cycling. Kirsten's blood and puss... <laughs> Don't ask me. Pauline C.V. and the triumphant return of the legend that is the Baby Gay. But before that, we've got a lovely little message here from the internet. Actually, it was a private message. And I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to shame you. Because the message reads, oh, I was really looking forward to this week's (laughs) episode, sad face. Well, Hans, back the fuck off. I wasn't well. And sometimes these things are going to happen. So I'll tell you what, if you were that looking forward to it, why don't you go over to... Netflix and watch, I don't know, Phoebe thingy, what's her name? You know, 12 names posh, does the flea bag thing. Because she won't fucking let you down, will she? No. <laughs> Remember, After the Tone is a space that doesn't wipe its own face, unfortunately. It operates on the generosity of others. So, if you'd like to support us by buying us a coffee or two a month, uh, you can head over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash After the Tone. Some real talk. Each episode does cost us about £1,000 to make, and currently we receive only £75 an episode. So, if you could consider it, it would be lovely. Patreon.com forward slash After the Tone. Importantly, though, importantly, though, If you've heard anything that stirred your imagination, anything that you want to respond to, or if you'd like to, you know, step foot into the circle and say, I've got a thing I want to tell everybody, all you've got to do, it's very easy. Open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number.
1: 0788 200 3420. And support us on the Patreon. And get backstage access to more knobheads like you
3: right enough waffling from me uh let's get back to it and let's see what the the next half holds for us all hold tight i've got a feeling it's gonna be weird
4: hi scotty first time chatting haven't been listening long literally started listening yesterday on my bike ride and then i was listening today while i was cycling as well i say cycling i also have just been walking along a dirt track for a mile because i thought i was cleverer than the than the machine that gives me directions <laughs> and tried to take a shortcut and I was not cleverer so I've just been walking for a long time I've been thinking a lot about cycling as like a fat person recently I just joined a cycling club I like cycling with other people and I like sort of doing other, other types of cycling and I was getting into track as well but it's definitely brought up a lot of weird stuff in terms of how I relate to my body you know, cycling and being with a lot of much thinner people right now I'm just cycling around the Isle of Wight and I'm just enjoying doing it alone being very amazed and impressed by my thighs powering me up these horrible hills and I hope you enjoy whatever cycling you're doing at the moment I really enjoy seeing you in your little single speed she's very cool yeah I actually don't know how to end this but because clearly I've been listening to your podcast for too long in the last two days. But thank you for making it. It's been nice to be kept company by Human Voices. Hope you have a nice day.
3: Oh, hello, person. Lovely to have a first-time caller. And from the Isle of Wight. On a tour look at that i do like a bike tour as as we all know bike riding yes please bike chat yes please cycle clubs have to wear lycra you have to pay us to sort of cycle alongside us hmm i'm always skeptical there's like a queer cycling club that's based in manchester and i sort of like do you know what? Like, modes that you were as a child really come out as an adult when you're trying to make new friends. So I, like, looked at them online and I followed them and I, like, interacted with some of their posts and absolutely nothing, no response because I'm not a member so I don't pay to be part of their gang. And then I'd, I sort of watched all their pictures and their stuff and I just thought, I don't know them, they're going to laugh at me or, like, I don't know the rules, you know, like, so I've just decided that I don't think it's for me. I also, I, I feel really uncomfortable, or I, I, well, I think I would feel really uncomfortable wearing lycra or cycle stuff. I want to wear like really loose, kind of visible clothing. <laughs> yeah, I am like in two minds whether or not I should like become a member of a cycle club. So I'd be really interested to hear like what the inside gossip is. Um, That Google machine, particularly when it comes to cycling, is such a liar, isn't it? I mean, sometimes it's told me to climb up a mountain with my bike on my back. And, you know, actually in North Cornwall, I did do that. Uh, I did just finish cycling the North Wales coast on my own which was my first cycle tour on my own. It took me two days, and it's only, like, 50-odd miles. But um, that's a lot. It was a lot. But I felt... You get a real sense of achievement through cycling, particularly as a fat body on a bike. I had a lovely message from someone the other day who said they saw me on a bike about a year ago, and it was the first time that they realised that fat people could cycle, and now they're cycling all the time. Well, was I in tears... Yeah, I was, actually. Yeah, I was. So, more of this bike nonsense, please. And please, next time, do tell us your name. Because, you know, it's lovely to put a voice to the name. I was going to say a face to the name, but I don't know what you look like. I'm also assuming you've got a face.
8: Hiya, Scotty. And producer Debs and everyone else listening. I've got to admit, I'm a fair few months behind on the older podcast renewal, I guess you'd say. And I just listened to one about a young lady who pissed herself when a friend waxed her bikini. Now, I don't have one of a bikini wax, but I do have a fun story of me wetting myself. Now, I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but I have a very vivid memory. When I was about... I'd like to say nine, but I think it was more, like, 13, my brother was doing the two-week Buxton water challenge. Like, I don't know if anyone else remembers it, but basically it was a challenge to drink two litres of water every day because apparently it would completely rejuvenate your skin and whatever else. And being an impressionable girl, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. So, therefore, you know, got on board, drank two litres of water a day and also... At this time, well, it was one of my friend's birthdays and went to her house for a sleepover, all fun and games, and I took my trusty JLS pyjamas to the sleepover with me because couldn't go without them. And it's important to note that at this sleepover, I was the only fan of JLS. God knows why, one of the best boy bands to ever grace the earth. And I have this very vague memory of getting up in the middle of the night and just quite confused really and she had a front room and a back room and i got out of my sleeping bag walked into the hallway and just began to piss just piss was coming straight out of me for a good minute and to combat the issue i took the trousers off of the pajama set put them under the radiator right next to me got my sleeping bag from the other room and moved into the front room to finish off my sleep and woke up the next morning to my friend's dad standing in my piss exclaiming what the hell is this leak on the floor they obviously knew it was me because the jls pajama bottoms were stuck under the radiator and no one else had been wearing them so yeah i mean luckily they're like a second family to me So, you know, we've all embarrassed ourselves in front of the second families. But, yeah, that's my uh, fun piss story.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What an excellent story. I think it might get story of the week, actually. Welcome to the gang. You can be as behind as you like. That's fine. There's no sell-by date on these things. Don't worry about me. Just sat here waiting for you all to fucking call and respond to things. But I'm glad we've got a piss story, because you know me, I love a piss story. Now, two litres of water a day is quite a lot. It is quite a lot. That's a lot for a grown person, let alone a short person. If you don't know who JLS are, because, you know, we've got lots of international callers, they're like a poor man's One Direction. They came through the same television programme, I think, but they didn't really do as well... And some dodgy stories have come out about them quite recently, I think. Um, This reminded me of when I was 18 and I had a bit of trade come over. And uh, he started pissing in the corner of my room. Because he was so drunk, he thought he was in a bedroom. I said, get out, you dirty bastards! (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, come on, you you know what, you are right. We have all done these things. Apart from me, because actually, I'm fucking... I'm great. I've never... Have I ever pissed myself? I don't think I've ever pissed myself. Sorry, I'm having to really think about that now. No, I don't think I've ever pissed myself. Too uptight, too much control.
9: (laughs) Hi, Scott E.S. Kirstie Thanks for asking questions about it. I think it's always good to let people ask questions about um conditions and stuff because it's the only way they can learn about it really. It's called lipedema. It can cause lymphedema which is the one that's fluid mainly, but lipedema is a genetic connective tissue disorder that causes a build up and overproduction of fibrotic fat cells and connective tissue sort of around it. And the only way to remove it from the body is through this specially designed liposuction. And um, the reason it has to be removed is because it's progressive. So more and more of the cells can build up in your body and you can lose your mobility but also no matter how few of the cells you have they're really really painful so yeah they removed 12.5 liters of that there was blood and there was pus I saw it but yeah I'm, I'm hoping that they'll let me take a picture of the bags next time because I want to share it with other people who've got it it's called a rare condition but it's not because one in 10 women are currently diagnosed but there's so few clinics in the uk that can actually diagnose it so it's a massively underdiagnosed condition it's not actually that rare so yeah i want to share it with people because i had to put a photo of me after the surgery and before to kind of indicate how much was removed but obviously that's a bit problematic isn't it people might take it more about body size when i was just thinking about the volume i guess um removed But yeah, thanks for asking. (laughs) It does affect some men as well. I don't know if I said that or not. And um, yeah, there's absolutely no concern about me getting turned into a conservative, darling. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm fat, queer, disabled, and uh, my whole career has been in health and social care. So there's absolutely nothing that could turn me conservative. (laughs) I hope everyone's well. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yes tick 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 i don't think that person is for turning, as uh, one of their leaders once said so well i'm glad we've cleared that up that's very exciting but i mean you know in my head i thought it would be some form of fluid but essentially that's a solid isn't it so what a thing that your body has just gone through And, you know, I understand your feels about those befores and afters. I've seen a couple this week, somebody who I know quite well, posted a before and after, something about, you know, the choices that they'd made. And in one picture, they're wearing flip-flops, in the other, they're wearing sliders. And I said, I think, you know, it was a really great decision to move towards sliders, they're way more comfortable. To which got a few, ha, ha, ha. But I think there's difference between, like, I want to mark a change... And I want to mark that now I'm better. There was another one this morning where someone talked about like they're more healthier and they've made better choices. And I was like, I just want to like put a distinction between fatness and health. Because they're different things. And I don't know, I think you're quite a careful person that I think you would make that very clear to people that this isn't about, like, Transformation Tuesday. This isn't about saying, don't I look better now? This is about you saying, this is what this surgery can do, and this is how it's affecting my mobility, etc. I think that feels like a different thing. But I think with all these things about contextualization, isn't it? I often look at people's hashtags to understand what they're really getting at. Because quite often, the truth in what they want to say is hidden within that. Anyway, thank you for clearing it up, Kirsten. Lovely to hear from you. And wow, one in ten people. So it is quite prolific, really. Anyway, have a good week
2: are you scotty babs are you producer deb are you the rest of the gang oh bloody ellis so many of you now popping up like gremlins i don't know what i'm gonna do at christmas trying to get you all a selection box oh let me know if you prefer a curly whirly or a finger of fudge inside of you So, my CV, Bloody Patchwork Quilt, and I feel like I've done it all. So, I've slung bath bombs, I've sewn large lasses into Little Mermaid outfits, I've torn tickets for pantomimes, oh, it never ends. Oh, even managed a chocolate shop for a hot minute until I got constipation from all the sweets, and it turns out it was run by Tories. Oh, but you're right, I do need to turn a corner. I do need to tr- try something new.
3: Pauline, lovely to hear from you. Oh, and you know me, I do you know what I love a selection box. I do I miss the days of being given the selection box. At, at any opportunity, family members would be like, what do you get them? Get them a fucking selection box. And I would much prefer uh, a finger of fudge or two, to be fair, Pauline. Such personal questions at such an hour. So you've done a lot of jobs there, from the theatrical to the confectionery. A lot of the chocolate shops have gone under in the pandemic, haven't they? Those high street chocolate shops here. Um, so the reason for Pauline was calling. I said to Pauline last week, you know, call up, tell us your CV. Now, if anyone in the room's got a job or a suggestion of jobs that Pauline could do, then call up, let us know, let's do some- some career advice for Pauline. Pauline, hold that thought. We're going to evaluate your choices, OK?
10: Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, Producer Deb. Hello, everybody. Hope you are all all right, lovelies. It's a baby gay after, of oh, God knows how long. I'm so sorry. But I do have a lovely bit of news that I want to share with you because I'm currently in the bath and I'm celebrating because I'm in the bath in my own house, for the first time—granted, it's like a little rental, but whatever. Oh, I, I don't want to get emotional, but just for so long in my life, i, I never really had like a, a safe place for just me. I went through a lot of abuse from different family members when I was younger, and sometimes I used to dread going home. Um, which has changed. Luckily, you know, there's been a lot of work and a lot of forgiveness and things are okay now but even still i just have never found that peace and i think i've done it i think i've finally finally done it like i've made this little house my own and it's just so peaceful it's like it's only me here and (sighs) oh it's amazing i just i just want to tell you guys because i feel like i feel like i've made it fucking finally and i want to share a little bit of that joy and that love with you guys so sending massive massive hugs i hope you're all doing well and thriving and i'll see you later
3: oh the baby guy is back oh (laughs) Oh, bless you. It's lovely to have you back. And you know me, love a bath story, second of the episode, thank you very much. And in your own gaff. (laughs) Little round of applause for that, because I tell you what, it's so difficult to try and find any form of permanence, particularly in the current climate that we are living and existing in and everything that's going on, to find a little bit of permanence and a little bit of safety for yourself. I think quite often when these things arrive to us, particularly when we've had difficult starts in life and difficult experiences, we often think these things are given to us as gifts and that we should cherish them, but actually recognise the work that is taken for you to get yourself to that position. So massive round of applause and pats on the back for you for doing that. Do you know what I mean? You've offered yourself that, you've worked to get that for yourself so massive congratulations drop me a little dm on the instagram and i'll send you a nice little thing for your mantelpiece, piece okay oh and it lovely to have the baby gay back oh do you know what i feel like a member of the family's come back home and that's it for everything this week uh what a lovely week oh hang on i've just had an email with a message who's this one from
1: I Scotty Love, I Producer Deb and the ATT crew, and the, the the new members of the ATT team. If you haven't guessed it, it's that JRF. Hello. I just had a look on my phone. I haven't sent a message since the 17th of June. Isn't that shocking? But yeah, my mentals, as some people might know on my socials, on my social medias, as proper flared up. Um, So... I haven't really been in the frame of mind to leave messages, to be honest, but any road, I just thought I'd call in to share this with the group. Minding my own business, making myself a crisp sandwich, you're welcome, and uh, obviously butter on the bread and tomato sauce with uh, lightly salted kettle crisps. Fabulous. Anyway, minding my own business, making me crisp sandwich... And out of nowhere, uh, a jingle for an advert from the 1980s that was for a chocolate bar that sounds very similar to Silky Gay. You know the ones I mean. Anyway, it went like this. The red car and the blue car had a race. All red wants to do is stuff his face. He eats everything he sees, from trucks to prickly trees. But good old Blue, he took the silky gay. Because he's looking for a treat, fluffy and white. Because he knows what's good for his appetite. Oh no, the bridge is gone, old red car can't carry on. But good old Blue, he took the silky gay. There you go. To this day, I always consider that particular brand of chocolate bar as um, something that won't stop your appetite. So you can eat as many as you like any road. Love and like. God bless, sweethearts. And uh, yeah, I'll just go crawl back into bed now. All right.
3: Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, Nana's back. Bless her. Oh, always lovely to have you, Kettle Chip, Crisp, Sandwich. How the other half live. Anyway, always lovely to hear from you, darling, and you take your time. So, listen, that's it for this week. If you want to join in on any of the conversations, or like JRF, sing us a little ditty. Why not? You know what to do. Open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number 0788 200 3420. So please do consider dropping us at uh, the price of a coffee or two over on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone and get involved in the conversations over on the review sections or using hashtag after the tone P O D. It would be wonderful if you could give us a little shout out. Uh, right. That's it for this week. If I'm still alive next week, I'll be back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, go fuck yourselves. Bye.
4: after the tone
3: after the tone leave
2: your message after the
1: tone
3: after the tone is presented by me Scotty produced by Debbie Kilbride vice producer Tim Banno assistant producer Maya Miller Lewis ATT is a Debbie's production production remember to like follow or subscribe to catch us every thursday